Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Hey everyone, and welcome to the Boost Your Biology podcast. My name is Lucas, and I'm the founder of Ergogenic Health. Together in this podcast series, we will go underground to explore cutting-edge health and human performance insights that you simply cannot search on Google to help you upgrade your existence. So without any further ado, let's jump into today's episode. to the Boost Your Biology podcast. Today, joining me in on the studio, we have Ryan Rosso. Some of you may already know who he is. Um, he's another YouTuber um, who creates a lot of content around biohacking, bodybuilding, um, and things like that. So, Ryan, welcome to the show. I hope everyone is doing well. <laughs> That's his, uh, and a little ASMR sip for you guys. I, I should be doing my sponsor 1907, but I have some liquid death. From the gas station. I'll join you with some San Pellegrino. <laughs> there you go. Pellegrino in the cup. Way higher class than me. Oh, jeez, man. Well, it's been quite some time since I spoke about this particular topic. And before we get into today's discussion, which is going to be pretty much centered around what you've been going through, how many months has it been now? Uh, Four or five? About six. Six months. About six. Mm-hmm. Coming up on six. So before we get into today's discussion, maybe do you want to explain to my audience like what happened to you um, and in, in regards to your health, what do you believe you know, triggered this entire cascade of a downward health spiral? Because there's um, a mm-hmm. lot of similarities between the symptoms that you've been experiencing with what i experienced with ashwagandha so take it away yeah i'm just going to be blunt about this um first off let's preface like my type of content so i'm more like 
you know, Lucas is more like longevity, natural path stuff. <clears throat> I'm more like extreme performance enhancing, the kind of kooky, crazy drug cocktails that are in bodybuilding, as well as performance just bleeding into, you know, I do actually consult Lucas sometimes on his crazy natural path stacks and stuff, but I'm an extremist flat out. So I was testing a diet drug, tesofensine. I took one single pill. I felt a little bit off during it as far as my mood fluctuation. The pill completely half-lifed out. One single pill. One single pill. I want to say that like 10 times. I felt normal. I then received a Gorilla Mind Shroom product, which the main like advertising point was Lion's Mane. Lion's Mane is exploding on the market as far as the the next you know limitless pill this thing can do everything it makes you focus super hard you know you can remember like a specific date and all this stuff around like the ultimate mushroom nootropic i've tried psychedelic mushrooms in the past and i've used the original gorilla shroom 1.0 product for years with zero side effects this product had the highest in my opinion, scientifically backed dose of lion's mane possible in it. And I forget the dosage off the top of my head, but it was over three grams. I think it was 3,200. And I took four caps in the morning, felt completely normal, completely normal, 100% myself. And I was doing a video marketing video to, you know, showcase this product I sold a lot of the original Shroom 1.0. I was actually a big fan of the Shroom 1.0. I go up to the max dosage recommended on the label. <clears throat> I don't even know how to describe it. Like the instant I took the max dosage, I was grabbing my head. I went into a panic attack. That dissipated. That dissipated. So this week and a half, I felt like super smart but i could not sleep at all could not sleep at all and then i went about i'd say six seven days without any sleep at all you know i'm calling my parents like i don't know if i want to go to the hospital over this or what like no one really knows what lion's mane does there's not really much data to look at i have no idea what it's doing or if there's any spillover cross interaction but overall I was really leaning towards the shroom product doing it. Finally, it seems like I could sleep again and the crash happens. So the crash was about one, two days. And during this crash, so Lucas, I'm, I'm about my penis enlargement content, as are you. And, you know, I, I like, I antagonize the haters. The haters thought I didn't have like, you know, giant dick. And then over the time, I grew it from like six and a half to eight point two. It, it completely got electrocuted, as if I was chemically castrated. Like I literally was in the bed, convulsing, shaking, tremoring, schizophrenic thoughts, panic attacks. I checked my blood pressure, and it was like, you know, like anywhere between one fifty to one eighty, or over, you know, a hundred plus, and just me chilling, trying to chill parasympathetic nervous system completely destroyed i ended up pissing orange i lost about i don't know like 15 pounds of like muscle like that 
I actually thought my kidneys were failing. You know, I had no idea. I've never pissed a color like that. And it got to a point where if I would sit down, it didn't feel like I had the contractory ability to really get up without like, you know, like being like 100 years old and propping myself up. I could no longer walk right. My speech started slurring. I couldn't form sentences. I had no, I mean, I'll link it to AR signaling, but I had no like, you know, instant thought. Like if me and Lucas were taking a test against each other, it's who can, who can think faster. Couldn't think at all. And it really never got better. It actually got worse. My digestive system went to shit. If I would eat something, I had no hunger response. If I would eat something, it would come out like a yellow turd that didn't match the size. When I would eat stuff, I would get pins and needles all over my body. And yeah, this basically went on like that until I started inducing extreme polypharmacy. I really did try to kind of naturally heal out. As far as, you know, the rabbit holes that exist around this, it's pretty insane. I went down, you know, I don't know how many rabbit holes and it's just been, you know, now that I'm better, Lucas, it's like one of those things where it's all registered as trauma and like it feels as if it didn't happen to me. Like it feels like my soul aged like five years and six months and that that didn't happen. But every day I wanted to fucking kill myself. It was just like. It was like, you know, I'm bipolar, so I know when emotions fluctuate very easily, and I know when I'm in a depression, and that's just like, oh, you think a depression's bad. How about no emotions? How about when you touch your dick, it gives you, like, neuropic pain all over, pins and needles. You can't even, like, if you would go take a bath, you'd feel no relaxation. My adrenals weren't working, so I have a Ducati V4S, so... 230 horsepower bike went down the highway like 160 zero adrenaline response zero i look like a psychopath on i was just like man so it was just i don't know how to describe it i wouldn't want anyone to go through it even my worst enemies even all the people who are painting this whichever way i don't want anyone to experience that it was I, I'm forever changed, even though, you know, I'm back to normal. Like, I can feel dopamine now. I can feel serotonin now. If you guys are on the other side of the camera, there is hope if you're dealing with the situation. But it's just, I I don't know. How do you describe it, Lucas? I just... Yeah, look, I think, um, like, I appreciate you sharing that with everyone here. And I think it's um, it's a topic that oftentimes gets neglected, which is the dangers of some of these natural compounds and I've spoken about ashwagandha numerous times, I spoke about it probably three years ago and the side effects that I experienced from ashwagandha were nowhere near as severe as what you experienced, they definitely weren't as like intense and it didn't affect all the other areas of my life but it did affect one sphere of my health and that was the pleasure response and it can, it significantly dampened my ability to experience pleasure from a variety of things in life that should bring me joy and pleasure. Um, the best way I could describe it at the time was like a part of my cognition or emotional processing was completely robbed. And I felt mm-hmm. like I'd become a new person in terms of like my, my demeanor and my personality. I also noticed that I had... 
explain how your demeanor changed. Like, how do you think, like, what was the old Lucas versus this Lucas now? Oh, geez. Well, the old Lucas used to ironically experience a lot more anticipatory anxiety and also a little bit more nervousness around things that could be, like, exciting. Whereas now, mm-hmm. there's almost like a, um, it's like not having the startle response. You don't get that little bit of thrill or mm-hmm. anticipation. There's more of a, I'd say like a dampened effect. And in a way, I've spoken about this with my family. I've seen therapists myself to talk about how this has impacted my quality of life and um, whether or not there's a part of me that likes, you know, being in that state where I'm unable to um, experience much of the lows but also not much of the highs. So I'm sort of like in that middle zone, that numbed out, SSRI zombified state and I look back at people around me who used to say like Lucas how do you like how do you work so hard and how do you work so much like you're not really phased you don't really want to go out and I look back at myself back then and I used to be like there's a reason why I never wanted to go out and do things and I was more of a hermit and wanted to stay in my garage and work it was because I truly felt like I just could not get any like joy or pleasure from outside activity. So all I thought my comfort mm-hmm. zone back then was to just keep blasting out work, just smashing work. I became addicted to working um, and it really severely affected my ability to, to date women. Like it significantly impacted that at the time. I even had to tell, I, I told one of the girls that I was dating, there's like, I just physically could not connect with her no matter how, like, even though on the surface, like she was, you know, she was beautiful, she was really caring and things like that, but she just, it, it was not her, it was me. Like I just simply could not get that oxytocin feeling, that nice, pleasurable, mm-hmm. warm response. And that was just, yeah, just really, oh man, it, it drove me crazy. Like I, um, yeah, I mean, you were the first one who reached out to me and gave it to me how it was. You know, everyone was painting fairy tales around the bullshit and you gave it to me how it was. So always respecting my hat off to you, Lucas, about this situation. Well, well, I appreciate that. But when, when you told me that you'd used that one single dose of the tesafensine, which I, I'd already seen another a, a number of other guys use that drug for fat loss purposes and I remember reading into like the mechanism of action it's like an SDNRI like a serotonin yeah it impacts all of them it impacts all of them it's insane it's just like a shotgun approach and when you told me that you used that I was like oh shit I think I think Ryan's got like PSSD like for those listening in by the way PSSD is post SSRI sexual dysfunction Um, and this can occur following a single dose of an SSRI, so a, a, an antidepressant, essentially. Um, and tetrafensine, part of its mechanism of action is that it actually can exert a serotonin reuptake inhibiting effect. So long story short, when, when, when you reached out to me, man, like I was, I was really nervous for you. I was really, I was honestly like late at night thinking, fuck, I hope Ryan's going to recover. Like I was really worried about how you were going to feel. And then you were talking about um, going to the gym and not being able to get pumps in the gym and all these sort of things. I'm like, 
he's pretty much explaining exactly how I've been operating and functioning over the last four years. And mm-hmm. like you've asked me numerous times what I've tried and what I've experimented with. And I've tried a bunch of different things. And there's only a few things now that can really get me into what's called a window. And a window is a state where you're basically, you're fully recovered. Like you feel like you're fully recovered and all your symptoms are gone. And that's like pretty, the longest window, the longest streak of feeling good that I've had is about 18 days. Um, But then unfortunately something crashes me. Like it just, it's frustrating because I like I, I've got theories as to like what keeps crushing me, but like, like it's just so frustrating, man. Like when you would train, like, like now that I'm in quotation marks better, mm-hmm. right? I'm not. There's no cure in this video if you guys are watching this, but like I had no dopaminergic drive when I went to the gym. It's like going through the motions like russo you've been going to the gym every fucking day your entire life like obviously i'm going to continue on discipline i just trained legs for two hours and like at the end of it i still wanted more and that 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 was the old me like i never had enough like i was bipolar driven that energy needed released none of that none of that for five months at all like i used to like be piped up fuming to get out of the car to go into the gym and when i would drive to the gym i'd sit in the car i don't want to go in the gym like this was nothing like me all the dopaminergic drive was gone and like how you say you can't get an oxy release with any girls you date you know i've been dating the same girl for 10 years so when we fuck there's an extreme oxy release that was gone I've only recovered that like in the past like probably four or five weeks and it's not nearly where it was but it's like oh it's working again and I maybe had like two instances where you said like oh I felt a window like there's maybe two times I fucked her during that horrid 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 couple months where I felt any sort of oxy release Mm. and it's just like when I think about what I did to heal myself, I just, a normal person, they're, they're not gonna, I wouldn't want a normal person to embark down the psychotic path I went down to get to where I'm at. Dude, the, the worst, the worst part about it for me was, um, the amount of energy that I would waste thinking about it and thinking about how I used to be. I would spend so much of my day, it hit like a Friday afternoon, which is usually when I try not to work and I try and get into like, you know, enjoyment and just fun, chill out mode. But I used to like, oh, I used to spend so much energy and time just reminiscing on how the old Lucas used to be. Mm -hmm. And it was really, it's almost like I had to, I was grieving. It felt like I was grieving that old version of myself. And now I was trying to come to terms with all right, well, this is your new state of being. Like, what are you going to do about it? You're going to keep, you're just going to keep like complaining about it or are you going to let it try, are you going to let it ruin your life or are you going to actually try and operate and find, I guess, find meaning in other activities, in, in other things. And that's when I started to realize that, interestingly, what I noticed was that when I'm not, in a window, I become more altruistic, which means that I was more interested in um, 
serving other people rather than serving myself. And so I became less in, occupied and engaged in like ego-based things, which were like self-satisfying. Because mm-hmm. I can't because I couldn't, I simply couldn't satisfy myself, man. Do you feel like the dopamine, like for me, I can relate to that. Like I didn't even want to look at my long-term girlfriend because it would drive me into a downward spiral when I would look at her and nothing would happen. And she's trying to talk, maintain a conversation and like the electricity is not there. Oh, that, that's, um, well, I've only recently this, my current girlfriend now we've been together for five months. Um, and there have been numerous occasions where I find it extremely difficult to connect with her. Like that desire and wanting to connect with her, like on a romantic level. Um, a lot of the time, and she knows this, like this is, she's, she knows that I've, I'm going through this. Um, it's a struggle because it, beca- it feels like I'm doing things from purely the logic side of my brain. Like it's just purely... Mm-hmm. I know I should be hugging and, and kissing her right now and making her feel like and snuggling with her, but I'm not, I'm really not. It's like the switch is off. So no matter, mm-hmm. it does, it's not her. It's literally me, my, the switch is off. And so that's like, that's probably the hardest part because then like once it hits like a, you know, Monday and I'm back on the grind, back into my work, you know, my brother would, would ring me and ask me like, you know, how was your weekend? And I'd say, yeah, it was, it was all right. And he's like, what do you mean it was all right? I'm like, well, I'm still, like, I'm still suffering. And like, he would just, it's rough and it's a battle no one understands. And then you start talking about it. And unless you've experienced it, I don't know how to portray it. Because I, I know exactly how your linear time is fucked up, how you perceive time and the way you say, oh, I like I would wake up every day and I'd remember the old Ryan and it would feel like just how you felt like it always felt like I was ever so slightly unconscious during like the whole day unless I'm focused on just doing, you know, work. Everything else, I'm just ever so slightly unconscious. And when you do that day after day after day, it's not like me or Lucas are like, oh, we're messed up. It's just like something that is right there that you like, you feel like you're almost there. Like when I would wrestle and I would get concussed, there would be like weeks where like I was concussed and I felt almost back. I just felt months of being almost back with all the other symptoms on top. And there's no way to ignore that little itchy feeling. I just, I couldn't find a way to cope with it. And I remember, I remember when you sent me that message saying you just, you know, you went like 230 kilometers an hour on your, on your motorbike, but you, you simply, you couldn't feel anything. I was like, I looked like Patrick Bateman's psychopath. Like, I, I just blitzed my bike the other day, and I was cracking up from all the adrenaline. Like, I was maniacally laughing after I did a pull. And a couple months ago, I'm like, how? How how am I not getting any adrenaline dump? It was actually scary, honestly, because I felt like my reactions were obviously fucked mm. to be operating a bike like that. Mm. 
but like that's that's not psychosomatic like it's just like if i'm in danger and there's no adrenal response and i'm a male some something's messed up something's messed up something's not working right let's go back into so let's say you know that first week that you experienced the severe like let's just say serotonin syndrome symptoms you had all the, the convulsions and all that i had like i don't my eyes did not roll back into the back of my head but i was pretty pretty close Jeez. and it felt like i was getting electrocuted like my whole cns was just literally on fire my skin was burning my whole skin went numb and to relate it towards like how you said like your crash wasn't as severe. Like I talked to a lot of finasteride guys too, and their crash wasn't as severe. But all these lines main people and the tesafentine could have cascaded me. I'm not. I'm not counting that out. But when I go into the lines main recovery, we had a suicide that mimicked my exact downfall. It was a um, wife, a widow wrote it. The husband took lines main. You know see it online see it on facebook bought it couldn't sleep for a month tried benzos i remember i tried benzos and they didn't work and i'm like i can't go to sleep without a ben like my gaba system just wouldn't work at all i was like man i can't even use a benzo to sleep and yeah he ended up taking his life with two kids and it was like a pretty much like a stupid dramatic crash like how my crash was and like when i go online and say how crazy my crash was no one believes me and it's just like, it's like a natural path like you. I feel like you guys need bigger microphones because it's like these natural supplements, the people who sell the natural supplements are like, I'm selling a natural supplement. This isn't a drug. Mm. And these are acting as bad, if not worse, to certain individuals while other people don't want these to get banned. Well, you know, the line's main recovery is beefing with the regular lines main reddit saying we're all crazy for having a bad reaction it's just like well, yeah. the way the internet is dude when i was at when i was at naturopathic school um pretty much there used to be like a range of different lecturers that would talk about different herbal extracts and they'd talk about um they'd talk about like reishi mushroom they'd talk about saw palmetto they'd talk about like romania all of these herbs dude every single time they talk about it on the whiteboard. The first thing that I would do in class, because I was I knew eventually in three to five years from that point that I was going to be occupying the space of men's hormonal health and I'm going to be the guy that needs to broadcast the dangers of some of these herbs. And because at the time I was hyper-obsessed with like researching reishi, mushroom, androgens, lion's mm -hmm. mane, DHT. I would just research the shit out of all these different herbs and I started to make a list of all the potential things that men will need to avoid in the future because I could just foresee that shit like this was going to go down and it happened to me back then as well even before the ashwagandha um, the whole ashwagandha thing happened to me I remember I used lion's mane so long ago man I was probably like I think I was 19 so at 19 years of age, I started using um, Lion's Mane from a company called Powder City. Do you remember them? I don't remember oh, them, man. no. They're like the OG nootropic. Powdercity.com 
was like the U.S. I, I was an androgen guy back there. Like I just avoided nootropics because I was afraid to fuck with my brain. And here I am years later, fucked my entire brain up. So back then I was a little smarter. Oh my God. Oh, so back then, yeah, when I was using, um, when I used Lion's Mane, I noticed, and this was being 19 years of age, I noticed that I'd wake up without morning wood when usually I would wake up with morning wood and, and be like hypersexual straight off the bat, like straight away as soon as right. I wake up. Like, yeah. It's like typical 19-year-old, probably had pretty high testosterone back then as well. But I'd be like horny and that's like a normal... Mm-hmm. And then it'd be an urge to, to consider not like, you know, not masturbating. Right, right. You, you push your vigor off and use it to yeah. work instead of beat your dick to a screen. Yeah. You'd have that, you know, conception every morning. Yeah, and so I would actually then... You, I could actually then harness that level of energy, which everyone talks about. Right, and that, right. when you're harnessing that, oh, I just really want to do it, but you don't. Like, that level of energy is just like, it, you'll just run through a wall, man. Like, you just feel, mm-hmm. you go to the gym in that state, and, like, you're fucking pumped. Like, you can't wait to... Mm-hmm. I, I used to get excited. I used to feel like I would deliberately not... Because I could tap in, I knew that early on that like if if I held off from masturbation, didn't ejaculate, then I'm I'm going to be going to the gym with this extra sexual energy that's going to make me lift heavier and push harder. And sh- Have you ever watched porn not come and then went to the oh, gym? Yeah. I've done that, like dark manipulation, like use the fucking um. They're trying to castrate everyone, so just like use it against them. Just go watch the most insane shit and then go to the gym without coming. Like I would I would do that all the time. Yeah, uh, actually, I think my um, my girlfriend now, she... Don't do that. I don't want to create no porn addicts. Stop. Yeah. Porn's bad. Please don't. Don't do that. My girlfriend right now, she um, she, under- she understands that principle. So if you know what I mean, we... Yeah. yeah so we've we've harnessed that a level of uh, energy. But um, mm-hmm. yeah, back then, like going back to the lion's mane, like when I first tried it, I was like, I remember... Yeah, experiencing like, I was like, this is definitely lowering my libido. And I started like checking on Reddit and there were only like a few threads back then on the Reddit slash R slash nootropics. Like there were hardly mm-hmm. any, any threads on lines main affecting libido. And then I remember I made a post about it and so annoying, man. And you got this as well. It's like all these guys would comment saying... It's it's not the lion's mane. Are you eating well? Are you sleeping well? Are you tra- like just shut up, guys? Like frustrating, man. It, like, it, it it's funny with me because like you can you can attack me as a public figure of like, uh, Russo's just abusing like a thousand different things at once. He can't pick it out. Where when I would use lion's mane in the past at the low dosages, I one hundred percent attribute that crazy crash to tesofensine could have. Could have messed with my shit, but as far as that crazy, I couldn't sleep for like over a week crash, I feel like was the dosage mm. of lines, man. Because mm. I, w- I was fooled. I would do 1,500 all the time. Like you said, I would notice my libido dip down a little bit. It would always rebound back. Now, obviously, I was really, you know, eager to try that high dosage because I read that study and was like, oh, maybe this is, like, the Magic Limitless study, and, like, this will be my next, like, nootropic thing that I rave about. No. It, it might have just been the dosage and how you bring up Saul Palmetto. 
I've had a lot of guys message me that take Saul Palmetto out of the grocery store, castrated. Boom, they go to the doctor. What are you talking about? It's Saul Palmetto, dude. When we, your dick looks fine. Boom, ignored. It's just like... <sighs> They're literally... I feel like there's also... There's actually a physical discoloration change in the PNL tissue as well. Like, it just looks like it's lost. It, it, not only does it look, you know, skinnier and not as full, like, it literally, it's, like, non-responsive. Like, even, yeah. it, like, thankfully, because my testosterone's been very high throughout this entire, like, uh, my natural testosterone still... I know, you have, like, the most insane natural testosterone dude, score ever. Dude, like, think about this as well, like... A number of guys probably look at me, and, they, and they, a number of guys look at me, and they're like, "Dude, man, look your testo- your natural testosterone is nine hundred eighty eight naturally." I'm like, "Yeah." They're like, "Your sex drive must be through the roof." Only when I'm in a window is it through the roof. Right. Otherwise, if I'm fucking yeah. crashed, there's there is no libido. It's gone, even with high testosterone and high DHT. Like it just. And this is the thing, man. Like, part of this podcast, I really wanted to. I really want to discuss some of the other things that can cause what's known as a crash. So for people that are, for guys that have suffered from side effects from peer, like finasteride, which is a hair loss drug, lion's mane, um, minoxidil, other um, 5AR inhibitors, or they've used ashwagandha, all of these guys are now hyper susceptible to crashes. And I've seen this time and time again that all of a sudden now, there's a range of supplements and herbs that they, f- they have to be careful of touching because I'll give you an example. Um, I used to have ginger regularly, you know, in the morning before breakfast as like a you know general digestive. Now, if I take ginger, it will cause a significant crash. And mm-hmm. that's possible. Like, again, we don't truly know why, but I think that it's because it partially agonizes the 5-HT1A serotonin receptor. Um, and there's a whole list. There's literally a whole list of different supplements. Zinc, um, acetyl-L-carnitine. Um, there's just so many out there that can actually affect that. So one thing I really want to point out, for those who are suffering, that there's an entire list of things to avoid on the PSSD forum. There's an entire website that goes through a list of things to avoid. Another one's alcohol, by the way. If you have alcohol and you have PSD. Can you get drunk, Lucas? <laughs> You're asking the wrong guy because I, I've ne- I never... Can you can you smoke weed and get high? Uh, no. Nah. I, I haven't used weed. I don't... I wouldn't... I probably wouldn't use cannabis. Okay, for those watching, I, I, I smoked... <laughs> I had like the best top shelf like i went to the fucking dispensary and i want like the worst indica like put me to the fucking moon when i crashed i smoked through the entire fucking thing and felt nothing and before that crash i would do three hits and the room was spinning like i can smoke weed again now but oh my goodness i couldn't get drunk i fucking doing hard liquor nothing happening i i was like I was telling my girlfriend, I'm like, I'm gonna go to the bar and say I can out drink people and just fucking like, you know, snoop them like right after because like I just like I I don't respond to alcohol. Mm. 
And like the food thing, like you, Lucas, at the start, like I would eat stuff and like my brain would just shut off. It would feel like the gut brain axis wasn't communicating correctly. And I would eat something like, for example, like my, my sister had a promenade. So a dance came to see her. The crowd caused me to have to leave i had to leave i literally ubered out of there because i was getting like extreme paranoia brain fog because it seemed like my brain was requesting all these neurotransmitters and they were not being like the communication with my gut wasn't going on and i was suffering from that for months and like everyone knows me as like the social outbursty like i'm introverted then i'm outbursty and I became a hermit just like you. Like, I don't want to go out in public. If I go out in public too much, it's draining. My actual central nervous system, I feel like a hundred-year-old man. Like, walking upstairs is tiring. It was just... It's way more than just stupid sexual side effects. Everyone coming at me like, Oh, Russo just mad about his dick and his dick probably like... like, Just like... It's this whole other just long, like every, like, how is my thyroid not working? I was like hypothyroid. Like I was getting fat. Like I used to be 250 pounds when I crashed, I crashed to like 220. So I'm like, can I even gain this weight back? It was coming all onto my stomach. No matter, I was pumping myself with grams of gear too. So there's no reason why I shouldn't be like coming back it was like i literally was getting fat my legs were getting fat like a woman it was just something to behold and then you go online and you speak that and they tell you to shut the fuck up they're just like what are you talking about well what i try and what i try and explain to guys is um the pleasure response pathway like that dopamine response pathway it's lit up regardless of the type of pleasurable activity so for example like eating chocolate you know, going to the movies or having sex, like oh, these path, this, these stimuluses or stimuli still activate that dopaminergic pathway. And if that pathway is blocked, which or is it or is um, nullified or numbed, which is what we experience, then we talk about the sexual the sexual sphere, but it's really like you said, it's affecting all the other pleasure response pathways as well. And then part of that as well is ironically even though we've got that pleasure response pathway we've also got the the fear so for me though what's interesting man is that i remembered feeling like i used to get really nervous and things before um like let's say a big interview or whatever but back then i had nothing like i could literally just i Mm -hmm. felt fearless i literally felt fearless um but that's because i had no emotion like i felt like a psychopath like you said, I literally felt psychopathic and I was, I knew that. Don't you feel like when you're in your own living space and you're crash, like it's not your living space. You're just kind of like in a prison in your mind. Like you don't even give a fuck at your place. Like I just bought my house and I crash and I'm like, I don't give a shit. I'm in this. Like it, it was literally that bad. Like I had no homey feeling. None of that. There's none of that. Um, I like to explain it like, if you were to jump into a like a spa, like a hot tub, as soon as you jump in, you get that like warm, cozy, like feeling. Mm-hmm. You, get it, you actually get it up here, 
and you also get it from the skin, but that effect is just gone, man. Like, you just don't get that, like, cozy feeling. And that cozy feeling, like, what the fuck is that? Like, is it, the, is it oxytocin? Is it dopamine? Like, uh, is it endorphins? Like, it's just so hard to know. I think it, like, to me, I think, I think it's dopamine. I think it's the AR, personally. I think the, at least when you look, because like with the PSSD data, I'm going to throw the PSSD community under the bus, I don't give a shit, I say what I want, is that, I mean, come on, like that community's got to get together, it's just starting to get together, the amount of people taking that shit, like come on. The Finastride community is a little bit more together as they've been battling this, and when you read through their data... I interviewed a guy on my YouTube channel that had part of his penis donated. So he had his penis cut without anesthetic. No anesthetic. He flew there on his own money, too. So this guy, obviously, he's psychosomatic. He definitely doesn't want to heal himself. He's getting his dick chopped off. Anyway, they chopped off his dick, and they analyzed it. And there were so many AR in the cells that I guaranteed those AR aren't even registering to the brain. My two cents. And that how Lucas says if you eat certain stuff, I'm sure that's impacting the AR in some way. And I feel like that just spirals into all these issues of your brain is not detecting how many AR it truly has as a male. And that it's causing all these issues. That's where my mind is at at this point, based on the shit that I've done. Mm. Well, a lot of these, um, a lot of these flavonoids. I remember looking into, um, like things like resveratrol and ter- and terastilbene and gingerols and all these anthocyanins. A lot of them do actually interact with that. Um, they suppress prostate cancer, but how, how are they going to do that? Well, they actually interact with the androgen, that androgen receptor. So there is. There must be a reasoning for that. The other pathway could be that they are activating the immune system and it's the immune system messing up the androgen receptor expression. Like I thought that might be one of the theories. Um, I think you're right on that. The immune, that's why, yeah, the immune pathway has to be considered as well. I I think it, it stems from the expression is overexpressed. Um, there's no real good data to look at directly, but if you know Lucas goes off camera after this and looks up Kennedy's disease, that's a very rare AR overexpression disease where I had all like the side effects of it in the beginning, in my opinion. Like I shrunk in height. I don't know if you shrunk in height. I lost about an inch and a half of height that has returned, and I had spine pain all day. And when you look up AR overexpression, a lot of that points to that. Another thing is neurosteroids. So if your AR aren't working right, the neurosteroids feeding the AR are going to be thrown off. And then if the immune system is thrown off from all that, like you need all this stuff to work right for the immune system to function properly. So it's just like this whole shit fire but i i think personally i think it's around the ar being the way that i've recovered the most i i agree with your serotonin theory of it being 
fucked up. Like it feels like my serotonin was too high. Well, let, let, let me let me explain this. For me, in my case, when I got ruined by ashwagandha, there was only a, a few things that helped my case, and there is only a few things right now that actually will get me into a window. The first one was at, was uh, St John's Wort. Now St John's Wort bunch of people are going to listen to this and be like why the hell would you take a herbal ssri now if you have a look into some of the constituents in saint john's wort it's the hyperforin which acts as the ssri in saint john's wort i decided to get a saint john's wort that's removed they remove the hyperforin and it's got something else known as the hyperacin which is the constituent that up regulates the serotonin 5-HT1A receptor. 5-HT1A serotonin receptor upregulation. Now, when I tried St. John's Wort back then, a number of years ago, first and foremost was after three days, I started getting, um, I got started getting pleasurable dreams. Like re- I actually felt pleasure during my dream and I woke up feeling like the anhedonia, which is the, the blunted pleasure response, was completely gone. I could taste like food tasted beautiful again um Mm -hmm. everything felt like it should like it used to feel right that's one example the second example is ciproheptadine which is that um anti-serotonin drug that i've mentioned to you Mm -hmm. before why and this is a million dollar question anyone listening to this podcast who can actually answer this from a scientific point of view i will literally pay them ten thousand dollars because that's how desperate I am to uncover what the hell's going on here. If ciproheptadine can induce an upregulation in that serotonin receptor, could that explain why that medication is the only medication currently right now that can put me into a window? Is it because it's acting on that serotonin 1A receptor? And if so, like, like how is that occurring? Um, like, I just want to know, well, what is it doing to that? I honestly wish sometimes, man, I wish that I could dissect my brain in states when I'm in a window and literally have a look at it and see, like, what's going on? Like, I just want to see. Mm-hmm. It's the not knowing aspect that's the, the most debilitating part. It's the not right. not understanding well, it is fucking so annoying. It's also that you're so intelligent that you are... Oh. hyper fixated on all the variables so it's not like oh i don't know what to do it's like lucas knows what to do but he just doesn't have the tools to yeah. truly see well that's 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 probably one of the hardest parts that <clears throat> is that like guys have come to me and said wait what do you mean you can't figure it out like you're the man for all this stuff like you know this stuff inside out i'm like yeah i do know i do spend all my time researching this sort of stuff i research supplements like you wouldn't believe I'm searching amino acids like you. Like, it's all I do. I, I love this stuff. Right. But like for me, it's, and they come to me like, how have you not found a solution yet? I'm like, yeah, uh, I, I don't know. Like I, I'm, I'm trying, but it seems like, I must admit, man, I think there's also a part of me that believes that, I think there's a part of me that, doesn't want to be healed and that's some other weird thing that i've got going on thinking that if i'm healed 
then I won't be as focused on my work because all I'll be doing is like focusing on self-satisfying myself, like ego-based like activities, traveling, enjoying, hedonic, being more hedonic, like just purely mm-hmm. hedonistic lifestyle. So I think that part of the suffering that I've experienced may actually may have actually worked in my favor and kept me like focused and that's something i've sort of delved into with some psychologists and things like that but yeah it's a tricky one man it's it's my no bullshit advice is that you want you want that side of you back lucas don't listen to the pussy psychologist that's like, you are already hyper fixated on working. Your metrics are all moving up. Your analytics are moving up. If you want to have a little bit of egomania every once in a while, I feel like you should heal out. Yeah. That's just my two cents on that. Mm-hmm. Going back to your super heptine, I wonder if it's like the HDAC effect well, of it. I thought about that as well. Um we should we should explain to the listeners. I mean, I might actually. We should explain to the listeners why, why don't we do this on camera? Binding affinities. We can literally look up, and there's plenty of. The drug that we're talking about here is called ciproheptadine, otherwise known as periactin, and it's the very first generation antihistamine ever developed. So this this was back in um, 1959. And it was used to treat allergic reactions like hay fever. Um, and it's also used to stimulate appetite. So a bunch of bodybuilders used to use this drug back in the day to give them an insatiable appetite. And I have this joke saying that it'll turn you from athletic to diabetic overnight. That's what I usually say. <laughs> <laughs> Before they had 677, they had yeah. this. Before every TikTok broccoli hair fuck kid was taking 677... People are using this. <laughs> All right, so here we go. Um, Ciproheptadine is also used off-label in the management of moderate to, to severe cases of serotonin syndrome. Um, and that is due to its effects on blocking the serotonin type 2A receptors, the 5-HT2A receptors, and it also blocks the 5-HT1 receptors. Um so we're getting a bit of an interesting oh my god man I've never actually I'm surprised I've never seen this I'm literally reading this off Wikipedia Um, besides its activity at neurotransmitter targets ciproheptadine has been reported to possess weak anti-androgenic activity I didn't know that I didn't know that. Because there's other instances of people taking anti-androgens and going into a window as well in the finasteride data that I read. Anti-androgenic activity. Because remember, when I... To explain to my listeners how superheptidine helps me, it doesn't help me after I take it. It's four days after I take it. It's four days after. There's this... I've literally made a thread which has thousands of views online. It's called The Famous Superheptidine Rebound. And I'm explaining this phenomenon. And some guys are saying, oh, it's because you're getting a rebound in cortisol, you're getting a rebound in um, in um, histamine, because histamine, histamine is um, energizing and wakefulness promoting. But maybe, maybe. Hmm. Hmm. 
interesting. Going back to the serotonin being off, do you think that you're like my angle is that if allopreg is off, wouldn't serotonin be higher because that's in the data? I'll have to find you the study that that data's in, but they did a rat study, you know, fucking around with the rats on finasteride, and they noticed that the serotonin level was altered after the withdrawal. And that could be in correlation with the allopreg, le- allopreg level being altered. Um, it, I think it... I think it could be. The allopregnenolone pathway is what gets affected by um, finasteride, right? Like all the finasteride sufferers complain of... Well, there's research to suggest that these uh, finasteride can lower um, allopregnenolone synthesis in the brain, and that's what they believe is a culprit behind the anxiety that it can cause and things like that. But, um, yeah, I mean, there's... I don't even know if it's possible to acquire allopregnenolone in um, powder form. Uh, I have I have a plug for liquid, but it needs to be IV'd. Right. Okay. And it's a mutation of the finasteride, so it's a reversible epigenetic mutation mm. that they gave the rats a IV'dum allopreg. Everything came back the serotonin was still slightly altered. Hmm. So I, 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 I'm, I'm just spitballing. Like, I'm wondering if if the AR is messed up, then the aloe to work with the AR could be messed up. The serotonin could be fluctuated off those variables. Possibly. Well, it's true because um, a lot of those serotonin receptors can actually affect... Um, ACTH, cortisol, prolactin, oxytocin, and growth hormone. So that 5-HC2A receptor, a lot of people don't realize this, but if you can, if you block that receptor, um, that actually stops the, it stops male mating behavior completely. Um, if you block that receptor, like in, in rats, it literally blocks, mm-hmm. uh, it's called copulatory, you understand that, my audience but it literally blocks copulatory behavior by blocking a serotonin receptor. So definitely I think there's maybe downstream effects of that. But um, look, we could we could go on and on. I mean, there's definitely... Like you've experimented with um, val- uh, sodium valparate, which is a HDAC inhibitor. Did you want to share your experience with that? Yeah, I'll go into it. Um, I'm going to do my full dosages and everything. If you guys want to follow my channel, um, don't do what I do. This was um, an experience. But, yeah, I kind of was led down the AR path, you know. I started with the serotonin path you put me on. It feels like it, you know. I'm not saying you're wrong. I just, like, it just feels like my AR off if I can't get a pump. And nowadays in my current recovered state, like, my upper body, I have, like, intracellular muscular, like, retention. My muscles look manly. My lower half looks feminine. And when I masturbate, 
like I feel the aloe going into my dick or something's going into my dick to where my legs are shrinking as I'm masturbating. So that sort of shit is going on right now in my current stage of recovery. So if Lucas wants to pull out the magnifying glass and we can't even figure out what's truly going on there, I think it has to relate personally to my AR going back to normal expression after abusing the Valparate. And now my brain's like, oh, fuck, we have all these AR. There's this mutation on allopreg. We're not making enough allopreg. And then I'm doing crazy supplementations to get more allopreg with PEA constantly. Like I'm doing a bottle of PEA a fucking day. I'm spending uh, hundreds... Is this the painkiller, palmitoethylamide? Is that what we talking about? Yeah. Okay, yeah. So that's like a little branch that it's a, it's a lottery. It's a lottery, but you can get an aloe preg conversion off it if you're just throwing shit against a fan. But as far as like I felt completely in Lucas's state forever, I didn't feel like I was healing out at all. I would eat shit, crash. I would try steroids steroids made my dick smaller lucas (laughs) tribulus made my dick smaller um i thought you know okay it's neurosteroids right off the bat i did a vial of hcg every other day my nuts look giant my dick was micro didn't feel any sort of like when i would do hcg man i would feel that shit in my head like i'd feel all those neurosteroids dump i didn't feel any of that so then I'm like, okay, it, it has to be, androgen is where I'm going to attack because I'm not going to sit here. I'm going to fall on a sword, whatever. I'm experimenting at this point. So then that leads me to, you know, the whole cascade of the, what are those things called? The cytokines or yeah, like all those. Yeah. If, if like, think about that, that probably is all fucked up if those AR aren't being recognized as well. So maybe they're like, maybe I don't even have enough five AR to saturate the hmm. AR and put them back to normal. Cause I read one little study. One little study is that they are researching into prostate cancer. Like you brought up earlier in this podcast, Lucas and, they were like, AR overexpression can be defeated by just blasting DHT. So if you go in the finasteride cult group of sufferers, they all try Proviron. Proviron half-life, in my opinion, is not high enough to systematically battle AR overexpression everywhere. If that was truly what was going on with me and what my, that was in my head, call me stupid, I don't care. If I had systematic AR overexpression, I would need to use something like dihydroboldenone that would go under 5AR. And I want to credit the biohacker Alex Kekel, who I will 100% give credit to everyone's information I used for this shit. But Alex Kekel kind of had like the same idea. He was right there with me of like, this is fucking AR it seems like DHT is blocked systematically and that the body did a workaround to combat that. So I start using an extremely dangerous amount of dihydroboldenone. I start feeling better. I get pumps in the gym. 
my dick sort of comes back to where it looks like a normal shape again and the skin is hydrating itself. So before then, my dick would look chafed all the time as if someone like literally took an electrocutor and burned it off. Like my dick is now a normal color. It might be small flaccid, but at least it's a normal color, right? So anyways, I'm blasting dihydroboron. I'm messaging Lucas on like grams of dihydroboron. Like, fuck this shit. Like, I'm blasting out of here. If you guys don't know anything about dihydroboron, it has the worst post-injection pain ever. I'm talking like you're sliding knives through this fucking needle. And the funny thing about the post-injection pain is you're like, you do it, it hurts so fucking bad. And then you're like, oh, okay. Two days go by, no pain. Fourth day. Welt. Welt. And by the way, dihydroboron is 100 megamil. And yeah, I need grams. So think how many mils that is. Think how many solvents I'm putting in my body. Anyways, I thought that it was working. So I figured out for me personally, this isn't a cure, blah, 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 that the AR was definitely a big problem with me. I continue the dihydroboron. I'm experiencing dopamine. I smoked weed for the first time. You know, I cried with my girlfriend. Like I could feel real joy with my girlfriend again. And then I started crashing again. The AR fought back. <laughs> fought back off of grams of DHB. So think about all those people on the finasteride forums using a little bit of proviron. I'm using a serum concentration of cypionate DHB going under the 5AR because I assume the amount of 5AR that it's being made is for the AR that is being detected. So all the cytokines are off. I can't change that. The brain is thinks it only has so many. It thinks you're 90 when you're not. So I went under that crashing again decide to throw in the sodium valparate i could have like if i took that pill i was like lucas you sort of saw me before i took that first pill of valparate because i'm like i read so many stories of people crashing into oblivion after taking valparate and the only reason i banked on using valparate is because i had so much dhb in my body i thought my body be stupid as fuck to go against that like it would probably want to reduce the ar back to a normal amount if i'm on dhb so i added in the valparate and i don't even know how to describe how shitty i felt um i could sleep again but it felt like any single thought i had what dose was a struggle what dose in the valparate <sighs> i'm too scared to know do you know anything about dosing Valparate? Uh, it's like, uh, what is it, 50 milligrams? I don't know. Uh, oh, it's 200 milligrams, sorry. Don't tell me you're in grams. Uh, okay, I didn't say it, but I did say it. So, I took a lot of, I'll, I'll do the full protocol, yep. but I had to take a lot of shit besides Valparate like all these ancillary compounds to offset Valparate. Yeah. And I also added in butrate. So I did butrate as well mm -hmm. because I couldn't eat. I would throw up constantly. So I could eat seafood. I ate a lot of fucking seafood, but I would throw up like every other day. As far as the GABA, um, the GABA was insane to where like I was completely fine with being a vegetable staring at the wall on Valparate. 
my girlfriend would constantly like I told my girlfriend like I'm gonna lose IQ on this Valparate. You need to talk to me as much as possible because the GABA is so high in my head that the dopamine is like my brain is gonna shrink. I'm gonna get fucking stupid. Please talk to me as much as possible. And <laughs> it was just like she'd constantly be talking to like a fucking robot version of me. And you see how bipolar I am and how all over the place I am in this conversation now that I'm kind of healed. Like just imagine like I can't even watch a fucking movie and shit. And then when I would go to the gym, imagine going to the gym on fucking two grams of fucking Valparate. So I'm in the fucking gym. I can barely walk. Like, of course I'm going to lift. Like, if I'm going to die, then I'm dying lifting, right? So I'm in the gym on DHB, so I'm on fucking high amount of androgen and the Valparate. So two fucking, like, these are battling. Like, you have dopamine from the DHB going against the GABA from the Valparate in bipolar russo's body at extreme amounts of both and people want me to put this fucking cure online i would do one set and shake for fucking like i don't even know five minutes and then i do another set and shake and my physique came back like that like that so it started getting to a point where i couldn't do cardio (laughs) because when i would breathe i would breathe the valpyric acid out of my esophagus i would wheeze i would wheeze like crazy like <sighs> like that was my normal breathing and what what else about the valparate i was sick um oh it didn't really work like heal me like obviously i didn't start at 2000 a day right mm-hmm. i started at like okay i'm gonna do 250 twice a day didn't notice much. It didn't really start working until after seven fifty twice to, a day. I'm trying to understand the mechanism. Like, I need to understand what is it? GABA increasing levels of GABA. Okay. Okay. Blocking voltage gated ion channels. Damn. Mm. Lucas, it's like the drug you know in like the psych ward movies. Where they're like, we'll just nuke their brain, like. And I, my my girlfriend, her her mother is a nurse practitioner, and I'm just like, yeah, I'm about to do a bunch of operate with DHB, and she was like, oh my goodness, like when she worked on the ER, she's like, well, how much are you gonna do? And I'm like, probably like one thousand, like twice a day, and she's like, the most we ever gave was five hundred twice a day. I'm like, so I went and looked up the max dosage they would prescribe, and it was 2,500. So some crazy-ass doctor out there is giving someone 2,500 probably for actual seizures. But the minute I crossed from the 500 twice-a-day mark into those upper dosages, I mean, I was with a death wish to fucking heal out of it, honestly. And the way I knew to stop was here i'll say it so like it got to a point where it did feel like my cells were making this nuclear switch where they are all switching back to normal and remember i have grams of dhb in me like this is like horrible for my heart right so there are two times where i woke up with horrible chest pains as if i was going to have a heart attack and then it would go back to normal and then all of a sudden, I started feeling my bipolar drive again on the Valparade. Mm. 
So I started getting really upset off or on the Valparade all the time. And I'm like, maybe it worked. I want to stop this shit. So I also cut the Valparate cold turkey because I'm just that psychotic, right? Just cut it. Do not recommend. Please, if you are listening to this information, don't cut a cold turkey. I cut a cold turkey. Oh, my God, dude. The emotional roller coaster. But it was like nothing compared to the lion's mane. I'm like, eh, once the lion's mane, I, I can do any of these withdrawals. That's when it looked as if I crashed again after the Valparate. Like my spine hurt, everything hurt, but my muscles felt normal in the gym and they would shrink and dissipate. And that's where I'm like, this is neurosteroids probably now. I did a shot of HCG. I did a whole vial of HCG, a whole vial. The adrenals fired. I had the most insane mania for like three hours and it felt like it, like I could feel the HCG how I would normally feel. And the dopamine was firing, but my body was broken. Like my body, my central nervous system was very weak because I personally think all my AR went back to normal and the brain is now currently recalibrating. For example, like I couldn't hack squat two plates without my spine going like this. I just did legs and I'm at five plates and a quarter and my spine is fine but this is all after the valparate i made no advancement in any recovery before doing that crazy bullshit and like i said i could have had a heart attack when i would get upset on valparate it's made for bipolar people to stop them from getting mad lucas i'm, I'm gonna be mad till the day i die like that's part of my personality but when you're on valparate and you get mad you start going like this because the GABA systematically is fighting the dopamine response. So anytime I would get upset, there were one time I was walking and I was upset texting on my phone about business shit. And like my legs gave out because they were shaking because I was so mad in my head. Like my legs stopped. And it's just like that Valparate is so, you know, sketchy. But I personally think it relates back to how you have a window with Cepreptine. Imagine an XR constant HDAC every day you're baking that HDAC you're constantly opening all that epigene shit up and then you're flooding the DHB in to get it back under control Man. that's my crazy theory I don't I don't know any actual science behind that there's nothing to fucking look at if you go read into Valparate I read it on Reddit and it's it's a bunch of horror stories with Valparate and yeah yeah it's crazy. What, what man. questions do you have? The um Well we'll save the full we'll save the full protocol for your video. I don't want to go into too much detail about the too much into the, the treatment protocol. But oh I, I had to do other things too before I even got to that step. I can imagine. As in there were uh you said that you had to use things to offset the side effects, right? Evaporate? It causes liver damage. You can't eat. It stops your stomach from working, so you got to use the sodium butrate to make your stomach work. If you don't, you'll throw up everything. Um, my weight plummeted, so I was actually binge eating. I got up to two thirty to like binge eating. By the time I was done with Valparate, I was two eleven, and I was trying to eat every day. I was trying my best, and you burn so much calories because you're like shaking all day. You're like completely fucking out of it. And you just, 
all your dopamine is being combated by this massive amount of GABA the whole time. And it's just, I, I, I can see where Valpray could, if you don't recover from using it, could make you in a way worse position than if you never went down that route. But that's a route I went down. And is it arguable that because I did the mass amount of DHB with evaporate that I got the intended result or was the DHB a waste of time and a waste of attack on my kidneys and you know, all the shit that comes with using upwards of two grams of DHB all the time. It's insane, man. But I think like the point that you can make from my recovery is I think it's, I think like the actual cure for a normal, you know, what the, the Western medical professional should come up with is that I think there's going to be, you know, they're going to scan your epigenes, they're going to find these mutations, and they're just going to switch them back on because I just ghettoly probably did that. I probably did the most ghetto dump, dumpster fire way. And, like, I feel so much more normal. I feel like Lucas can feel me talking, and he probably talked to two different people before and after that debacle. I'm not a hundred percent by by all means, but I, I it's it's hard for me to put myself in that I know, horrid state I know, I know after getting out of it. It's like so hard for me to envision that's it. That's what I say, dude. When I get into a window, that's what I say. I'm like, I can't even imagine what it was like to be in that shit state again. But I'm like, just around, like it could happen. Just around the corner, I'll be I'll crash again. I'll be back in that state. And I'm like. It seems like getting in a window is so far away again. It's like, all right. And then when I'm in a window, I'm like, I can't possibly imagine what it's like to be suffering. And then like when guys, when people talk about it, I'm like, yeah, that sucks. But I can't remember how it is. Almost it's like it doesn't register mm-hmm. in the brain. Mm-hmm. Weird, man. Mm. It's like all that is just like a trauma response that like I want to make the cure video and really convey it. And I'm like, it just, it seems so far away from me to reach and convey it online. And you have like these companies like Hims, you know, you have a 19 year old kid who has, you know, male pattern baldness, sadly that they're predetermined to go bald and that's where they're. You know, their confidence is coming from they take one pill and they have a similar experience to what I had without not knowing anything what's going on, let alone doing all this crazy shit that I just did. I have all these guys in my DM box threatening to kill themselves if I don't make this video as soon as possible. I revealed some of the shit I did on your podcast, Lucas, and you can see that you know, I don't want people like I'm crazy. I wanted to fall on the sword. I didn't care. Like my kidneys could have been damaged, heart could have been damaged. Almost had a couple weird seizure like moments. Like I told you, like I froze up. If I would miss a pill of Valparate, you're gonna have an instant seizure. Like you can't taste anything on Valparate. So me and my girl went to a fancy restaurant, and it was one and a half hours past when I should take my pill. And I'm shaking like a motherfucker. I brought the pill with me, but I just wanted to eat my food and enjoy it before I had to fucking take that poison again. And if you miss one pill, you're you're done. You're done. Especially on those high dosages. 
when I when I cold turkeyed off Valparade, I couldn't look at shit because the dopamine was so intense. Because the GABA raises, and it, it might be my bipolarism, my genes on my bipolarism, but my dopamine met the GABA. That's what I felt. Boom, I cold turkey it. Now my dopamine's up here, slowly coming back down. So I could seizure up any time during that withdrawal. So if you do use Valparate, you need to come off it extremely slowly. Mm. You cannot cold turkey that. I remember locking myself in a dark room and the rain, hearing the rain was too intense on my dopamine. And that slowly came back to normal. And like I said, I thought I crashed again when I did it. It's insane. I think the only professional cure is just opening up RNA editing to the mainstream. It's like, come on. Like, Lucas has tried everything. I've read everything on Accutane syndrome. Ashwagandha, lines, mean, finasteride. It happens with AI abuse. It happens with DECA abuse. I just, I, I think, like, for people to... Like, that's the other thing I hate, Lucas, is I would sit there boiled in that horrible state all day knowing that there's some RNA geneticist that probably in a month could make two shots where I'm like, back, and they won't fucking do it. And that's what pisses me off the most, is that if the PSSD community, all these communities came together and just be like, we want RNA editing to look into this, please. I guarantee they would come up with a couple shots. They would re okay, Lucas, there's a mutation here, there's a mutation here. These mutations won't go back to normal. We will just simply bump them back. Boom, boom. Lucas walks out completely fine. He can't crash again unless he does some dumb shit and takes Ashwagandha again. That that's what I think. I think I exposed the ghetto way to where I ghettoly pushed my fucking AR back to normal. And who the fuck knows what else Valparade did to me while I was doing that much. I literally justified with myself, Lucas, like, oh, I'm bipolar. If I fought a bunch more kids in fucking middle school, they would have put me on this shit anyway. So I was just like, boom. And the first pill's insane. You feel like, I felt like I was going to crash again when I did it. The first pill was so horrible. After that, I got used to it. Like, I had insane paranoia of crashing further when i did it man i think it's uh yeah i mean i'm hoping that that sort of gene editing discovery takes place in the next few months because um like you said man like i mean i'm getting messages every day as well from guys who are suffering even i had one yesterday from a guy who 21 years of age used ashwagandha a year ago and he's still complaining of side effects um, and he's not sure what to do. And the hardest part about it, man, is like when they message me, I'm just, I feel so bad because I don't have like, I don't have a cure. I don't have a, a complete fix. So that's like the hardest part is knowing that not only have I let myself down, but I'm also letting all these guys follow. Like I'm, I'm unable to help them. Um, mm-hmm. But man, look, let's, let's cap it at that. I mean, there's, there's so much we can dive in, dive into, but I want to save it for your your channel and your your YouTube channel for that video. Thanks for coming on, man. Thank you, everyone, for joining in to today's episode. For in-depth show notes and lessons learned, visit nofilter.media forward slash 
Boost Your Biology. This has been a No Filter Media production. Say what you want. Why don't more infant formula companies use organic, grass-fed whole milk instead of skim? Why don't more infant formula companies use the latest breast milk science? Why don't more infant formula companies run their own clinical trials? Why don't more infant formula companies use more of the proteins found in breast milk? Why don't more infant formula companies have their own factories instead of outsourcing their manufacturing? We wondered the same thing. So we made Byheart a better formula for formula. Learn more at byheart.com. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.